Hello, and welcome to Africa Tech Summit Connects, sharing insights from across the African tech scene. Join us at Africa Tech Summit Nairobi 2021, taking place on September the 14th and 15th in Kenya. Africa Tech Summit Nairobi will connect 500 industry leaders and share insights from the Money and DeFi Summit, the Startup Summit, and the Mobile Summit. Network and do business with tech leaders, investors, startups, and leading ventures from the African tech ecosystem over two days with multiple networking events at our 10th live edition. Join us at Africa Tech Summit Nairobi, where African tech connects. September 14th and 15th 2021. To see more details, please visit www.africatechsummit.com. That's africatechsummit.com. Now back to this great episode. And I'm delighted uh, this morning to welcome Emmanuel Lobanzadio from, from Twitter. Good morning, Emmanuel. How are you? Good morning, Andrew. Doing well. Uh, welcome. <laughs> Yeah, so we're delighted to, to, to welcome you here today and hear, hear some more uh, around Twitter and, and the great things you're doing. Um, if you first start, I mean, Africa's forecasted to be one of the most populated continents in the coming decades. Uh, youth bulge, many more millions to come online. Is uh, Africa the future for Twitter? I think that's that's quite a good question, but I do believe that Africa in general is uh, is, uh, is is quite a quite an interesting market for tech in general. But I think as it pertains to Twitter and uh, and the nature of our platform, I do believe so. Um, you know, maybe I can just briefly then even outline you know what what really makes Twitter particularly special for young people. So, you know, as all of you may know, and are you also um, you know through. Twitter is really you know, open, it's, uh, it's, 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 it provides actually different people, particularly young leaders, a platform you know, for leading movements on issues such as climate and social justice. And you know, us as a platform, Twitter is really empowering uh, different youths you know, to have a voice on different matters, you know, be it related to the climate or even social issues. Um, you know, Twitter is quite, uh, it's, it's the first place people go to to find what's happening in the real world, it's timely. You know, things things happen on Twitter. You know, real time is interactive. So, when you see things on Twitter, you know, you share, you feed, you respond, you start a conversation. It's like a public square. So, based upon those, you know, characteristics of Twitter, uh, they do definitely match to Africa's dynamic market in general. Yes, yeah, certainly. I I think you know we've seen that this week with uh, events in in, in Lagos, um, where young people have been able to voice, you know, what's going on. Um, and yeah, it's 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 real time news. I think you know, forty eight percent of people are are getting their news from radio in Africa, um, and I, I suppose Twitter is also sharing that real time story. Um, in, obviously, there's a double edged sword. Social media, as we know, has the potential for good and for bad, and people people like to spread information and also misinformation. So um, we've seen this across the. Uh, across the globe and in all social media, and we're not just talking about Twitter here, but how are you working to combat this misinformation? Yeah, I think, yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely a, a big issue that, you know, Twitter has been uh, kind of dealing firsthand. And I think particularly during this COVID pandemic, you know, it's uh, we can all agree that this pandemic is quite special and it's really, uh, you know, has a big impact on all of us. So 
I would say, you know, more people than ever are coming to Twitter, you know, to learn about COVID, um, also connect friends, family, but also find reliable information. So the way we responded uh, to the challenges, you know, we have continued to update our policies and enforcement and you know, really share more data to ensure experts and public and the public can better analyze our discussions around COVID-19 continue to evolve. And really with the with this with the sole focus on really people really finding reliable information. So uh, we have done so not only by ourselves, so because our policies are not created by ourselves, but more so by building partnerships, by raising relief funds and granting pro bono advertising, you know, grants to support governments and nonprofit organizations to ensure that people are really getting uh, the right messages from the right sources and also at the right time. So after all, you know, COVID has really taken uh, or forced our company to take a cross-functional effort, you know, by uh, by unifying our engagement across uh, company, by leveraging partnerships, policies, product, uh, and philanthropic work to really uh, focus or rather encourage um, the dissemination of credible and reliable information. So we did have partnerships, or we do have partnerships with regional health authorities, and uh, based upon what they consider authoritative information, this is how we go. And, and based upon that logic, we do remove content that is either spreading misinformation related to COVID, um, uh, any harmful information that may encourage people to engage in harmful behavior. As, as an example, you know, we have uh, launched different campaigns, you know, such as the Wash Your Hands campaign, Let's Talk campaign, even hosted Q&As with the WHO, all in the spirit of really um, so that people can actually find reliable information. So our engagement has not only been focused on the removal of harmful content, but more so on amplification of credible information. Two campaigns that I've just mentioned. And how, how are you measuring those campaigns? Obviously, we could look at retweets and likes and things like that. But it, you know, what's the tangible measurement that maybe offline has been looked at around these campaigns and how successful they are? Yeah, I, I would say I would say definitely retweet is, is definitely uh, or the, the, the amount of numbers where people engaging, responding is definitely a good measure to utilize, you know, in order to kind of track um, the way the conversation has been going and also amplified. But also, um, again, I've, I've also mentioned that we, 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 we don't do things by ourselves. We have a, a council, which we call a Twitter Trust and Safety Council, which comprises different organizations who provide us regular feedback. So I can just provide you an example, you know, different capacity building trainings that I've given with uh, the African Youth from the Coronavirus and also with AMREF Health, you know, which is uh, the largest NGO, healthcare NGO in Africa based in Kenya. So this is the kind of conversation that we've been having where not only in terms of uh, measuring the retweets and tweets, but also getting credible feedback from those within our trust and safety council and other partners that I've engaged in. So, it's really a both measure of metrics, but also uh, feedback of those partner organizations that we've dealt with. If we look at regulation, I mean, um, you know, we've seen a lot of countries in Africa, um, you know, shut down the internet um, and silencing people. Um, how difficult is it for you as, as Twitter in, in these situations? Because obviously, you know, people don't want to incite in, incite violence around campaigns, and we've have we've had social media blockouts. But obviously, it's a double edged sword. We're looking at people who want to share injustices and share what's going on, and also share real time information from polling and, and things like that. I mean, in your job, how difficult is it in terms of in terms of the the, the, the situation across some African countries where we've, we've even seen, you know, social media taxes being, being instigated. Um, where do you see this going? And 
unfortunately it's your job to be head of public policy and how how hard is that i mean to, to try and have to push that free speech agenda within the yeah yeah i think i think it's, it's definitely a good point that you just raised but i think it's always a matter of conversation and communication right so uh you have you have mentioned you know social media there are definitely certain issues attached to social media such as misinformation that you have mentioned which have uh, simultaneously also forced social media companies to really engage in conversation i think this is definitely a good approach to take, you know, to just to really keep the communication channels open, to really comprehend what kind of challenges the governments are facing, but at the same time, also us as a social media company coming in and to kind of explain our enforcement measures so that governments don't necessarily have to introduce, implement arbitrary policies that, you know, threaten to stifle innovation. And, you know, speaking of uh, just regulation in general, so. I do agree. We are definitely seeing uh, worrying trends, you know, uh, regular action trends and regular actions that have been taken, and you know, I, I agree. Some some of those have been motivated, you know, by the urgent need to tackle COVID nineteen related misinformation. Uh, but at the same time, we also do have to realize, you know, the long term result could be an internet that is less open, an internet that is less free and less empowering for all. So, uh, I would I would definitely agree when 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 it comes to any talks on on regu regulation. Uh, we, we do have to keep in mind that the open internet is a core driver of economic and social development, you know, so, and, and uh, even looking into recent occurrences and uh, partnerships that I've mentioned, and I mean, if, if it was not for the open internet, you know, um, Twitter would not be able to help people find reliable information, helping people connect with others and, and really enable people, you know, access to news connection and medical information, uh, which is really vital uh, during this special, special time. So again, to kind of sum up my points, I would just say it's, it's really definitely a matter of having communications where the public and private sector uh, discuss issues, acknowledge issues, and then offering different capacity building activities, which we have, which I have been doing. So uh, if there are any issues coming up, you know, I usually uh, touch base with governments, provide capacity building trainings where I explain our policies, our enforcement measures, and different mechanisms where we could potentially partner on addressing misinformation, you know, be it COVID-related or even election-related. So, yeah, those those are definitely approaches that I would definitely sum up in terms of engaging with governments in general and, in my capacity. I'm with the governments. I mean, how welcoming are they to your discussions around, uh, you know, keeping the channels open and, and, and um, because, you know, ultimately closing the channels closes, closes uh, opposition, it closes questioning of what's going on. Um, we've seen it across, you know, a lot of Africa. But I mean, are governments receptive to you when you knock on the door, or they say, "Oh God, here's this guy who's causing us so many problems." <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I think this is something you probably have to ask the governments themselves. But I would, I would definitely say that we, uh, within my respective role at Twitter, I do uh, have open communication channels with different governments that we engage because, uh, at the end of the day, there has to be a conversation happening. Um, to where we do kind of emphasize, hey, the need to uh, keep the internet open, but also at the same time, us as a company taking responsibility in addressing this issue, not, and then again, not only in terms of removing harmful content, but more so on, on the front of really amplifying credible information, which we have been doing. So uh, verif verification is quite a, a helpful tool in really ensuring that the people know that this information which comes from this person or institution that is verified uh, that it, it is credible. So, you know, there are obviously different me measures that you can apply, but I think on the verification front, on the partnership front, launching campaigns together, but even 
given trainings together. So I, I would say on the, on the capacity building front, uh, moving forward, this is definitely a point that I will have to address more, which I'm already doing. So there's a lot of conversation, trainings, you know, so it's, it's really a give and take and learning from one another. But one, one thing I can definitely say that any, any kind of arbitrary regulation uh, without any consultation is, is genuinely harmful and threatens to, to impede further innovation, I would say. Yeah, I mean, one, one positive point of that, I mean, the African Union are looking at developing positive policies, I think, around the internet and around social media. Um, how, how, how impactful it will be with, with regional governments, we don't know. But, I mean, from Twitter's perspective, in terms of building policy, what, what are the important things that you think, you know, the African Union should be including in these? And are they involving you within, these, within this framework and actually building this policy? Because obviously, a policy is no good. If we look at fintech, the regulator needs to work with fintechs for the policy really to work because the fintechs know more about it than the regulator does. So are you being involved in these discussions? I mean, are, um, and what are the key points you think for, for a policy to work for social media? Um, mm-hmm. and an open into and an open into that what do you think what do you think are the key ingredients that need to be yeah done? yeah i would say tr- just twitter in general uh, supports uh, a forward looking approach uh, to regulation you know one that really concerns the long term impact of the wider digital ecosystem and one that really protects the open internet and universal access and you know and so so based upon that premise um, this is when we really wish that regulators, you know, should avoid creating takedown frameworks and, and instead focusing on the amplification of credible information and recommendations in partnership with us. And I would say at the end of the day, Andrew, you know, uh, government, industry, and NGOs must consider um, our, our, our shared responsibility in offering the public more context, you know, and not only context, but also in de-amplifying certain types of content and ensuring you know, the reach of political speech is earned and not bought or manipulated. So I've even mentioned earlier, you know, the, the, the thing on capacity building activities, trainings, collaborations. Uh, I think one thing that this pandemic pandemic has shown that, you know, we all in the same boat. So I think this is the kind of approach that we need to take when it comes to building regulations where there needs to be a conversation. Um, so I, I even spoke at a social media and election conference in Cape Town, uh, I think it was in February or March, and there I had a number of conversations with different regulators, also African Union um, uh, representatives, where we had these kind of conversations. Um, so, you know, moving forward, this is really my hope that we can collaborate on, you know, uh, uh, on this shared responsibility aspect moving forward. Um, one question from the audience there. What digital skills should African youth pursue, especially for educational purposes? Mm-hmm. Not sure about the Twitter, Twitter, not sure if that's yeah. a Twitter uh, responsibility, but. Yeah, I think I think not. This, this is definitely a good question. I think this is definitely a question that industry and, and regulators definitely need to uh, to tackle and respond to. But I would say, from a Twitter perspective, uh, we we have a key focus on on digital skills. You know, so some some of the uh, I had mentioned our uh, Twitter Trust and Safety Council. You know, which uh, usually brings together independent organizations from around the world that really advocate for safety and digital skills. How we as a platform can really help institutions on building these skills. So I would say digital skills are quite important, particularly also media literacy. And this is something that needs to be worked on, most in collaboration, which we are actually doing. So uh, there's, there's this class where Amref Health and Twitter, well, including myself, are actually currently working on, which is based on health reporters, you know, creating the uh, or training the, the technical digital skills of health reporters. 
And I think that's the same approach that my colleagues in other regions are taking, where they are partnering with UNESCO. We have developed like a handbook on uh, media literacy, you know. So, so uh, there, there's definitely a focus where we as an industry need to be responsible also and take responsibility, which we are doing, and providing or you know, utilizing some of those technical systems that we can provide uh, in helping uh, the continent or even people in general uh, obtaining digital skills. But this is definitely something one of our core areas, digital skills and media literacy. Um, one other question there. I mean, who decides from the audience, who decides what is credible and what is not? Being a self-appointed arbiter, even with noble intentions, leaves itself open to inherent bias. Mm -hmm. how, how do you balance the two? I mean, how do you balance, you know, taking down stuff that, that Twitter doesn't agree with and then other people actually say, well, we agree with that? Yeah, uh, well, we have our Twitter uh, uh, rules and policies, right, which, which really serve as our, I would say, as our morning star to kind of um, see what is in breach of our policies or not. But I think COVID has really provided this good example because... Uh, you know, as I mentioned earlier, Twitter doesn't just uh, conduct or uh, implement any policies on our own. We have a tr trust and safety council, which brings together different in independent organizations. Uh, but also just in terms of COVID, we, are, we have worked with authoritative sources, you know, such as the WHO and uh, Amworth Health, you know, recently held a webinar with Africa CDC on the, on the topic of guideline adherence and misinformation. So everything is really in collaboration on, particularly as regards COVID, uh, what is what is what is deemed what is considered credible by authorities and this is the approach that we've taken in our enforcement so uh hopefully that answers that question so we don't see us as arbitrary of truth but rather we we do enforce these policies and rules in collaboration with organizations and bar regional bodies that have been considered credible okay well look emmanuel it's been it's been really informative um we'd love to ask you more questions like when is jack dorsey coming but i'll, I'll, I'll let you i let you off the hook in that one um i know there's a lot more to come from twitter across the continent we, we look forward to hearing more from you at, at maybe in africa takes over when we get back there definitely so, so thanks so much emmanuel and we wish you well thank you very much and i really appreciate you guys and take care bye-bye take care Join us at Africa Tech Summit Nairobi 2021, taking place on September the 14th and 15th in Kenya. Africa Tech Summit Nairobi will connect 500 industry leaders and share insights from the Money and DeFi Summit, the Startup Summit, and the Mobile Summit. Network and do business with tech leaders, investors, startups, and leading ventures from the African tech ecosystem over two days with multiple networking events at our 10th live edition. Join us at Africa Tech Summit Nairobi, where African tech connects. September 14th and 15th, 2021. To see more details, please visit www.africatechsummit.com. That's africatechsummit.com. To hear the latest episodes, please subscribe to our channel. You can also visit www.africatechsummit.com for our upcoming events and news.